When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Being a parent can be really challenging. It's normal to feel uncertain about whether you're doing the right things to raise healthy and happy children. That's why Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them build confidence in their parenting journey. Everyone deserves to have someone they can turn to for support with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Neve Kavanagh. And I'm Gerald Farrelly. And you're listening to Agony Rants. One take. One take. No wonders. messing. <laughs> Neve. Well, it's wonderful to see you. I know, it's so good to see I you. I feel like it's a million years since I've seen you. It just feels that way. It really hasn't been. It's but the it, absence <laughs> of Neve Kavanagh is just, you can't understand it it's unless a void, she's in your life. It? It's a void. It's very difficult. I know, but you've been super busy, like. Look at you selling out all over the place and everything. My I, goodness, you will I, not be talking to me soon. I, I'm very excited. My Limerick shows are sold out and my Dublin shows are sold out. But now they've added to Vicar Street, so I'm... <gasps> Very not sold out <laughs> in Dublin. But, you know, soon, soon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. What night is Vicar Street? It's March. March? Yeah. Uh, so next year? Yeah. It's a long time. Like, you you, you, you have time to conceive <laughs> and have a child. Not me. <laughs> because the wonders of science, the wonders of science won't allow that. The, what, it's not the wonders of science, Neve. It's a thank you from Mother Nature. Yeah. <laughs> it's thank you and see you later from Mother but Nature. You've been thrust back into motherhood. Yes. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> For a moment there, I didn't uh, know what you were yes, talking about. Use the word trust and it's like, oh, now enough is no. enough now. <laughs> now he's 21. I don't think it co- constitutes... <laughs> Thrusting. Anyway, thrusting in a 21-year-old is not in the same sentence. Anyway, so, uh, <laughs> yes, my son has arrived. We went to collect him from Liverpool and my eldest son is home in our space and already the signs of it are all over the house. Myself and my husband are a little shell-shocked. But it's brilliant to have him home. But, you know, it's it goes back to what it was like before that he left, which was basically <laughs> the first day afterwards I came down to get something out of the press to eat and there was nothing. Like, there was <laughs> nothing. I'd left a couple of bagels in there and I thought at least one at six o'clock the next it's morning. It's just like a big bin. Yeah, basically, a big bin has come into our house and if I wasn't finding, you know, empty spaces where food should be and the fact that I've done 400 washes since I came home, <laughs> you know, I would have absolutely no idea he was there. <laughs> <laughs> Occasional lifts as well. Doesn't it's great that he's home and he's uh, he's taking time to consider what his next move is going to be, which is like at twenty one is a big statement. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, but I'm so excited, and his friends have been here and all that, and you know we're excited. He's for pausing him. his journey to regroup. Yeah, I might have made a like slight it. strategic error in telling him that I won't charge him rent for the first month, but believe me, he's going to get hit hard and heavy like <laughs> after that. <laughs> 
<laughs> You'll be sending the bailiffs in six weeks' time. Oh my God. I might have to send in, you know, the industrial cleaners, to be honest, upstairs. <laughs> yeah. like, by the sounds of things, because stuff is going up, but it ain't coming down. <laughs> so you're going, so you're, he's home. He's home. And, and I had to go in and extract him from a student home. So you can imagine. Uh, and he was the last one out. So we literally removed 14 bags of rubbish out of the house. Like, oh and now, no, I'm not, it's not any offense to anybody there. It was just like two years, like they were there for a year and basically <laughs> there's six boys in the house. That's all you need to know. Yeah. <laughs> that's all you See, need to that's know. That's the thing when, mm. when you like, that's the difference between men and women is that when we get together, we're, like men are absolute pigs. I, I think a woman in isolation is more likely to be messy than women together. Yeah, well, maybe so. Uh, I, I haven't lived with a lot of women since I moved out of home, uh, to be fair. And my mother was involved in that. So uh, the <laughs> yeah. common room areas were always tidy, right? <laughs> you know? yeah, I, think, I think women are better at keeping each other in check. You know, yeah. you'd be like, Sarka, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, boys Boys seem to think that, that the level of cleanliness is not required. So you need someone, like my younger son is living with a guy and basically he came in and he says, we're going to do a clean up. I can't cope. So that's where he's starting. So um, What a gem. I know. I said, keep him in your life. That's the keep him in your you life till you find the next, your life partner. That's yeah. You want them living with you. Uh, so he keeps them all in check. Like he, he just can't cope with madness. He says, I don't care what you do in your own room, but this is, you know, so and actually that's, who is this 20 year old I know, <laughs> that's going to change this boy. the world I can't wait to meet him <laughs> I can't wait to meet Barrett, him you're going to get on uh, definitely although uh, Tom is still keeping him well apart from me so that's all I can say <laughs> yeah, no, you see, do you know what it must be very difficult to have a cool man really I don't know that they consider me cool I'm not going to lie I think no I'd, we see do you know what's worse though is that they might not consider you cool but the outside world considers you cool and that must be torturous. Well, it makes it makes it even worse for them because like, they just kind of go, really, her? You know, <laughs> uh, there's I, I've, I've often said it and it is true. They are so underwhelmed by me as a person, as <laughs> what I do. Uh, you know, it's as like person, as a performer, just completely as anything, dismissive. it's just like that's. That, what? It's just her. That's just you know? mine. Yeah, That's I know. <laughs> my eldest boy is already wearing, his, wearing my 1993 sweatshirt from Eurovision. I probably told you about this. but No! I, I got a, there was ma only so many of them made this Eurovision sweatshirt. It's a white sweatshirt with a kind of a flag, you know, the way they had this kind of flaggy yeah. thing. And I wore it for a, a, a photo shoot so they let me keep it. And there, was, there wasn't that many of them. And I kept it for 20 odd years, nobody wearing it. And then I came home one day and he was just wearing it with chocolate down the front of it, obviously, already, because he'd already <laughs> wrecked it. And uh, I was like, I had, a, I had to leave the room first before I did my first reaction, which was, what the fuck? <laughs> so I left the room. I could, like, I, the enormity of it was just too big because I'd kind of literally wore it once and I thought to myself, well, that's a good thing to pass on to somebody who's into yeah, Eurovision. Yeah, yeah. And, and then I thought, get over yourself and if it's a sweatshirt like somebody should wear it it's not like it's been in plastic so um, but actually he wore it and he still wears it to clubs like three or four years later he wears it out and I said so what happens in clubs like when you wear that you know because it says you're a vision on it it's like it's not like people don't know what it is you know and usually that gets you a certain response you know as a boy wearing it you know yeah a good looking boy too I'm, I'm not saying anything you know but I produce quite good looking boys you know yeah they're very attractive yeah man. so you know and uh, he says oh yeah it's great it's great open conversation starter I said I'll bet it is any, <laughs> any specific demographic involved in that conversation well, you know, yeah. 
no, but girls dig it too. And he says, great opening. He says, I used you all the time to get better tips in restaurants and everything, especially if Irish people come in. He says, I got, I had to get selfies with people and all. And then. No way. Yeah. And then he says, you know, after denying me for all those years and he goes away to Liverpool and gets a job and, and he's just using me like. In well, Liverpool as well. As the Liverpool. home of Sonia. That's right. So your, your son is essentially. Pimping me out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe sometimes they think I actually make him wear it. I'm not 100% sure. I have no yeah. idea how that works for him. He seems to be able to pull it off. I'd love to be a fly on that wall. I have my hus- my young boy home and I'm delighted. And the other fellow's coming home on holidays very soon too. So will it be a full compliment? Oh. I'm working away a lot. The- <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving a menu plan on the fridge. <laughs> it's wonderful to have you home. I'll see yeah. you in a fortnight. I, I was away uh, last week. I was in Glasgow and Edinburgh. Oh, yeah. And when I was in Glasgow, I went to see, like, this is what happened, right? I was at a show in Edinburgh and at a show in Glasgow. Okay. And my friends were going to see Alanis Morissette two days before the Glasgow show in Glasgow. So okay. I thought, fantastic. I'll go, I'll go early. I'll stay, I'll have two extra days in Glasgow. Lovely. Lovely. Yeah. Uh, but the problem was I was booking my own hotel, right? Okay. For those two nights. Oh, no. I swear to God, Neve. When Insider I say knowledge. that I stayed <laughs> in a hovel. And how many stars? Well, this is the thing. It was a new hotel. It was. Now, as it happened, right? I thought it was a brand new hotel that opened. So I thought it'd be absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It turns out it was a Premier Inn that had shut down. Oh, God. And I think potentially because Premier Inn were like, no, <laughs> this is not up to Premier Inn standards. Oh, my God. <laughs> It was. And you know what happened, right? Every time I went down to reception, the men behind reception, there was two men, they stood up. But they stood up as if, like, I don't know, but it was a really like, uh, what's wrong? Yeah, we know it's terrible. (laughs) Like a meerkat. It was, they were, yeah, that's exactly what they were They were expecting peril. (laughs) That's exactly what it was like. But they stood up and it was so, like the place, when I say it was a dump. No. Like, I can't have it. I looked at my room and I was like, when this place was shut down, what were they doing? Like, when it was shut down and then it reopened, like, before they reopened, like, did someone come into this room and go, yeah, this is ready? <laughs> I have never, I've never seen anything like it in my life. And it wasn't cheap. And no, nowhere's cheap now. No. If I even get a sense that the bed is not clean, I won't sleep in it. Somebody said this to me recently, and as soon as I heard it, I was just, I was absolutely horrified. You know when you stay in a fancy hotel mm-hmm. and they cover the bed with the, the little pillows, like oh. the little square cushions? The, they are Somebody pointed out Removed They can't be washed No, no, no No, I mean you can't really sleep on them So I always used to knock them off anyway But then someone pointed out If they've been on that bed like They've had some action Maybe even used for support <laughs> Perhaps <laughs> Added dimensions, who knows <clears throat> Do you know what else happened? On the last, not the last day Was it the third the second day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I wasn't checking out. I was still asleep, right? So the meerkats. Like, this was around like half eight, nine. So I'm still early enough for a hotel. Okay, did the meerkats come and visit you or something? No, the, the cleaning lady came. Oh, yeah, no, me, they all do right? that now. But she came into the room. What? She, like, she opened the, it wasn't like knocking the door, do you want your room cleaned? Did you not put your door outside? In and she was eating a bowl of Rice Krispies. She had a bowl of Rice Krispies in her hand. And she's like, do you want your room did? <laughs> I don't. And I don't want you in it because I'm still in bed. 
Take your rice krispies. And why are you at a table? Take your rice krispies and leave. (laughs) (laughs) Did the snap crackle and pop wake you? (laughs) But you know what the worst part of it was, right? (laughs) I didn't realise. It took me a few minutes to realise how wildly inappropriate inappropriate that was. Did she even knock before she came in? She just went boom, 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 open in, and she came and she was like, do you want your room did? And in, like very thick Scottish See, accents. I put do not disturb outside my door. I do not let them in my room from the time I check in until I check out. I know. And you know what? That was always like, that was always part of my gig kit was I had a do not disturb sign. Right. Because some hotels don't have them. Oh, okay. Because sometimes people rob them, which is what I did. It's the cycle of abuse. But I... <laughs> I take it you didn't rob any of the small p- pillows. No, I took... I, I, no. <laughs> Most certainly did not. <laughs> it was just over in the corner of the room, crawling around in search of an over. Did you not go down and talk to the meerkats about it? They didn't. When I say they didn't give a damn. <laughs> <laughs> you know when you're in a hotel yeah. and they... They couldn't care if you live or die. We'll never let that happen again. Yeah. I mean, if I died in that room, they would literally just pull me out of it whenever it was checkout time and dump <laughs> me on the street. Like, <laughs> they did not. You and the pillow you they, died on. Yeah, exactly. No, unfortunately, <laughs> no. By the look of it, that pillow would stay put. <laughs> they would have best hose it down. So do you have kind of a funny holiday story? Because to be honest, we are doing... Like a holiday thing. The one st- holiday story that always stands out that I never like to tell, but I might as well tell it. Yeah. Uh, is years ago, I went on holiday to Galway. Mm, reach for the stars. We were down on the beach one day and we yeah. decided we'd go swimming, but we didn't have our swimming tug, so we went oh. swimming in our boxer shorts. Okay. Right? Let me ask a question because this is a paramount. I know this question because my husband, if he sees a body of sea that he hasn't swum in, he feels terribly compelled to do exactly the same thing. And he jumps in <laughs> and a couple of times he's done it and I'm not going to lie, you know, the choice of a boxer sword can make a big difference. I was incredibly fortunate were because I wasn't wearing a white cotton pair. You were lucky. Yeah. My <laughs> husband know, not so lucky. I, uh... <laughs> Inchidani will never be the same again. <laughs> I married him after it though. <laughs> As you do. Like, listen, a hot man and a pair of wet white cotton boxers is an awful lot to be said. A lot to be said. Now, unfortunately, I was wearing like a, a, a black, you know, black, black pennies. The problem was, right, that we had to go home after the swim, right? And my, your pants are wet. So I put on my shorts, you know. Were you commando? Essentially unfurnished basement, right? So the problem was on the way home <laughs> in Salt Hill, we saw that there was this like trampoline. With like, no. like what they had bungee cords on it. So it was like a bungee thing that you get strapped <laughs> into. <laughs> and then it was a trampoline. Now, I didn't realise I was wearing very loose fitting shorts, right? <laughs> and I was completely... <laughs> no, this can't be right. <laughs> I was completely oblivious <laughs> to the fact that every time I jumped, <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> something was coming into view. <laughs> now my friends were mortified <laughs> because they were waiting on me and like I, it was terrible Eve. like there were people pulling their kids off the swings like <laughs> was this recently it was not no 
We're just checking. I know it was about I mean, like. I'll be honest with you. The, the, the thought of you being in bungee cords on a trampoline <laughs> at any age is like a moment in my head. No, this would have been. I was maybe 25. Oh, okay. I mean, I, arguably still old for a bungee cord and a trampoline. But listen, I had a ball. I know, literally. <laughs> well, my story, <laughs> my story involves the time um, I was meeting my boyfriend's family. Like it was years ago, like a long time ago. And uh, I was meeting him for the first time. So I was collected at the airport by his brother. And then what happened was uh, I arrived in and he lifted my bags onto the trolley and brought them brought them out to the, the car. And that was really lovely. But he kept looking at me and smiling, you know, in a kind of a funny way. And I was like, wow, this is a bit weird. I was like, what the hell is wrong with this boy? Right. You know, he's a nice looking fella. But like, you know, I'm obviously dating your brother. What's the hell going on here? I, I thought maybe it was because he didn't really know me or whatever. I don't know what it was. But anyway, so the next thing we got to the car and I picked up the bag and I realized it was vibrating. Right. And you could feel the buzz of it, right, on your thing. And I looked up at him and he looked at me and like he's slightly pink in the cheeks, but like looking like this could be his best day. Right. And I was like, OK, so I actually opened it up and he now is freaked. Right. Because <laughs> and I put my hand in and pulled out. I don't know. You probably don't know about these, but basically there's there's a Venus razor that vibrates. You know, it's, it's oh, like, a leg razor. It's a leg razor. So basically it has a vibrate function in order to, I suppose, you know, shave your legs <laughs> Make better. your hair stand up. I don't know what it is, but I, I must have thought it was a good thing at the time. So uh, <laughs> his face was like... <laughs> so the, uh, top tip for traveling anywhere in the world is take the batteries out. Anyway, so he seemed a bit disappointed and I was, uh, <laughs> I was a little mortified. <laughs> yeah, that didn't last. <laughs> So what we did was we asked you to get in touch with your tips and experiences of holidays. And you know what? I have to say, we got some brilliant ones. This is why I love our listeners. Yeah. Right. One of the ones that we got, I read it right now. A few people did send this uh, tip in. Right. But I read it and thought, oh, my God, how have I never done this before? Okay. And that is to bring one adapter for a local plug and an Irish extension lead with, (gasps) with the four sockets. Brilliant. That's absolute genius. Yeah, it is actually. Like uh, the amount of times I've gone with like, you know, like four or five of those uh, mad things plugs. All, all plugged together. This is this is life changing. So basically you get one adapter for Spain or wherever and you bring one of those little extension leads with like the bar on it. Yeah. And then you've got like the plugged, like you look at me like you've, you probably do this, do you? No. <laughs> it's all right, Neve, you can shame me. <laughs> I never thought of that. That's actually a really great uh, tip. Well, that came in from Neve, and it also came in from uh, B. Sheehy. I swear to God, that is going to change my life the next time I go on holidays. There's one here from Lorraine, which is about packing cubes. Now, I didn't know about packing cubes. I know, cubes I had to show my photograph. Neve had to show me a photograph mm. before. Packing cubes are great. Um, you know, people all talk about vacuum packing, and I am a great believer in vacuum packing. My problem with when you're packing a suitcase and you vacuum pack, what do you do on the way back? <laughs> Well, maybe you could ask the cleaning lady. You can have a go at your Hoover. Can, can she just put her <laughs> Rice Krispies down? <laughs> when you're finished those Rice Krispies, is there any chance you can come in here with the Hoover? <laughs> I would say, even if you could get that across in a foreign language, that would be interesting. But actually, packing cubes are great. Now, the only thing about vacuum packing is that everything gets wrinkled. 
Yeah, it does. If if you don't pack it right in the first place, you have to be really specific about where you put it. Also, and this is my other bugbear. Yeah. About uh, hotel rooms, right? Oh. The hangers. Oh yeah, they're rubbish. If you bring, like, I always bring a couple of hangers in my bag. Me too. But it's those, you know, those bloody hangers that they don't have a hook on them. So is it to stop people robbing the hangers? You can't steal them. She's like, who's robbing hangers? Like, well, I mean, I would. (laughs) (laughs) But like, can we discuss what you want? Like, can we discuss the things that have been appropriated for the hotel? (laughs) You know, do not disturb. You made a very good point. I know, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> but so, if you like, if you have a hanger in the hotel and you've got a shirt that's in your bag, like yeah. save your iron, you can just hang it up in the shower. And we got a note from Kitty. She said, "Holidays regularly get bad reactions to mozzie bites abroad. My first day in Sydney, I got a massive bite on my hand. Went to the pharmacy and was told I had to go to the doctor. Oh. The doctor asked me if I was allergic to penicillin. I said I wasn't sure, and he said we'll find out. <laughs> oh." Russian roulette. <laughs> Russian roulette with penicillin. That's a real Aussie doctor. It is. I That's a real it. Aussie approach. So we find out that. As he wrote me his prescription, uh, we, we'd we booked a boat tour for the next day and he said, yeah, that's fine. Just seek help if you feel like you can't breathe. So, as if the challenge isn't enough to see whether you're allergic to penicillin. Let's do it on a boat. Thankfully, I'm not allergic. Some dose for one for day one arriving in Oz. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, I, I actually found it really late in life that I'm allergic to penicillin. Yeah, so the, uh, my brother and I was the same. Uh, he was sitting in a dentist chair, which is a whole other thing. <laughs> yeah. He and was, they gave him a dose of penicillin? Yeah, and, and they went into another room to treat somebody else and then discovered very quickly that they had to come back and, and sort him out because he was very allergic. Oh where's, yeah, I, I, where's the was, where's your bracelet? I'm not wearing a bracelet. Maybe. Wear the bracelet. No. I, well, some people what they do is they get the the, the get the tattoo. You want Which to put listen. What if you it. get knocked down and not only have you knocked in underwear, I then you would. they they, already, <laughs> they kill you with penicillin. What's the point in that? <laughs> well, I'm I'm I think I'm like I've never had a like life threatening reaction to it. Okay, so are you allergic to penicillin the way that I um you know. Celiac. Yeah. <laughs> Is it like, you know, I just, it just does, it does, it doesn't suit me. <laughs> I'm not sure that that's allergies. We remember Neve the celiac years. Yeah, I just yeah. like to say I'm that Neve, Neve's talking about being a celiac and <laughs> you want to see. I'm not a celiac. The ce- short work she made of a croissant about 15 minutes ago. I'm not ago. a celiac, as in I'm not great with gluten, right? But it, it, it you know, as, as, you, as everyone's saying. But you fight that battle, Neve. I like it. I like it, but it doesn't like me. You know that. <laughs> I do get very sick if I take penicillin. Okay, well, like that's I mean, I don't, I don't like still go into anaphylactic shock. You, yeah, you just you just don't want to take the chance. You see, I just think I would <laughs> hate to be thought of as the sort of person that would wear like a big jangly chain bracelet. That would save your life. <laughs> but what sort of a life is it if people think that you're one of those people that wear those jangly chain bracelets? I know I'm all with you for the jangly chain bracelet, but you could do it in a more discreet way. But you need to put something on it. I will. Yeah, put a ring on it. <laughs> It's the it's it's the theme for today. Neva's okay. locking everything down. I'm telling you, you've um, no idea. Okay, I will. Do you know what I will? I, I might get the chain. Oh no! Don't no, do the chain. Something really depressing. Please don't Neva, do the chain. Something really depressing no. about having to jewelry. Like yeah, no. But do you know what I mean? Like it's just you know, it's accepting of age. I think being allergic to penicillin can happen any age. I know, yeah, but like I just don't want, I don't want to look like it somebody like that fears old, death. Are you just feeling like, you know, the, the elasticated chin, chinos are only like two minutes I away? Think it's a, <laughs> <laughs> Ela- elasticated chinos, but... <laughs> oh, no. I'd like no. to take this conversation <laughs> offline, Neve. I'd like to take it offline, we'll have it after the show. <laughs> 
Lorraine says, get toiletries, baby food for C&C at the airport. What's for C&C? Um, for C&C. Pass security, so weight and amount doesn't matter. That's a really good. Yeah, no, I sometimes do that for sun creams and all that sort of stuff. But um, I do you know what I did once. I once went into the airport bought 30 quid's worth of sun creams and then went through the thing and they took them off me. I know. Like but the worst part of it is if you buy that, be careful of the size you buy if you want to bring it back. Do you know what annoys me? What? I know, I know Just one why thing. they do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is, why do they sell it? Like, they should tell you when you're buying it. It's like, are you coming or going? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think this is unreasonable. No, it is. Like, I think the pharmacist should say to you, are you travelling or are you Come, well, are you arriving here? Where did you buy it? Did you buy it before you went through in the Dublin boarding Airport. gate? Yeah. And you're an Egypt. It, I know, but, the, but I know I'm, I know I'm an Egypt. But <laughs> I do Look, feel like some of this is on the pharmacist. No, it really isn't. <laughs> I'm sorry. Should, they not, should the pharmacist not have said, are you travelling today or are you coming back? Okay. Well, because like you're you're in Ireland and... <laughs> she might lose a sale. I don't, I don't blame her, right? If you're stupid enough to do that, then, you know, you'll never do it again. Kitty says, we locate the pharmacy on day one. It's a given that we'll need it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And actually, better to know where it is and not need it. Oh, that's such an old person thing to say, but it is true. Do you know what? I don't do that with the pharmacist, but I do it with the toilet. <laughs> No matter where we are. Yeah, like, I noticed that about there's you. A li- there's a little, yeah. <laughs> when I was young, I used to find the toilet and that's the first place I went no matter where we went. My parents wouldn't. Well, you see, I always do think it's good to like, if you're settling in for something, it's nice to just, <laughs> it's nice to be empty. <laughs> so once on sudden holiday, I got so sunburned that when I slept at night, I would hallucinate. Uh, I was sharing with a friend and she caught me on all fours in bed, rummaging all over the bed. <laughs> she asked me what I was doing and apparently I answered, they are in here somewhere and I'm going to find them and then I'll be rich. <laughs> I had no memory of it the next day. Definitely caused by sunstroke and nothing at all to do with alcohol. <laughs> I have to say. <laughs> so we are pausing for a moment to remind you that Agony Rants is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. If you are enjoying our show and you would like to support us, you can do that for as little as the cost of a fancy cup of coffee. You can pledge just €5 a month to show your support to us. And in return for that, you will get access to special bonus content from us and all of the other shows on the Headstuff Podcast Network. So head on over to headstuffpodcast.com forward slash register if you want to join up. And then each week you will be able to watch us recording Agony Rants and see all of the stuff that doesn't make the episode. All the stuff that would get us sued. The show we are cross-promoting for the next two weeks is Phoning It In. It is a hilarious comedy improv show where comedians call into a fake radio show and only when they're on air do they find out what they are phoning in to complain about. Phoning It In has just reached 100 episodes and it is absolutely brilliant so after you finish listening to us check them out because they also come out every Monday and I swear to God if you go over to their show and you don't come back to us we will haunt you this is a little clip have a listen Hello, my name is Dave Coffey and I am the host of Phoning It In the hilarious improvised phone-in show it's like Joe Duffy's Liveline except we make it all up on the spot that's right I get a bunch of comedians into the studio and they have no idea what they're going to be talking about until I introduce them on the air We have just recorded a 100th episode special featuring 15 of the best comedy performers in the country. Go and check that out, binge the other 99 and become a lifelong fan of Phoning It In with me, Dave Coffey, right here on the Headstuff Podcast Network. 
Attention Agony Rants listeners, I am going to be going on tour later on in the year and early next year with my show Glamour Hammer and I will be going all around Ireland and the UK. The dates on sale at the moment are Port Leash, Dundalk, Limerick, which is sold out, Galway, Belfast, Clonakilty, Waterford, Wexford, Sligo, Cork. Uh, I'll be at the Everyman in January. Uh, my Liberty Hall shows are sold out, but we've just put on a Vicker Street which is very much not sold out. So, <laughs> not just yet. So come along, we'd love to see you there. How do I get tickets, Gerald? You can get tickets, Neve, by asking me. I know. <laughs> but all of those other people, they can buy them <laughs> on GerardFarley.com. We have a problem. <gasps> I love a problem. We have a problem. And the problem is? The problem is, hey, <laughs> is hey hey is it it's like air it's a rural <laughs> <laughs> um hey so i have a problem and i was wondering if you and neve can help me i listen every week and absolutely love you both the show is absolutely great and i am what a fabulous start to we a love hey the show is absolutely <laughs> <laughs> the show is absolutely great and i am of course a bonus subscriber now we're talking. Class. Hello, darling. Hello. We love you. So love watching you record the show. I watch it on the bus every Monday morning and I feel like you are the friends I need to help me with this problem. Well, we are here for you and your five euro a month. Yeah. <laughs> I have lots of good friends, but I am the one that always makes the effort to call or arrange to go out. And it is really starting to bother me. Two of her friends moved to London six months ago and are absolutely useless at keeping in touch. Mm-hmm. But every time I ring them, I don't mention that it's been a while since we chatted, but they always bring it up and say they are useless at keeping in touch. What do you think I should do? I don't want to be a downer when they when we do chat and talk to them about it because it seems so needy. I'm actually embarrassed I feel bad about it. What do you think I should do? Is there a way to change this? I feel like reminding them to ring me is ridiculous. But again, every time it is up to me to do the organising. If you read this, I will be bright red on the bus, but it will be worth it because I know you will help. Thanks for everything. You are absolutely gas. Love, Taylor. Not my real name, just who I am listening to. Lol. Lol. And then loads of emojis. Are you trying to figure out who Taylor is? (laughs) Taylor Swift, come on, has to be. Ah. <laughs> Who else could it be? <laughs> that explains the hey. Hey, hey. <laughs> so many meanings for hey. Strong country vibes. Strong, strong. Okay, so. This is hard. Yeah, it is hard. And I'm going to say that the first thing I'm going to address here is you are a good friend and you you really like these friends and that's important. The reason they bring it up in their phone call is because they feel guilty. Yeah. Because they realise they haven't called you in between. So you actually don't realise it, but you are telling them without telling them. And that's a very nice thing that you do. uh, But believe me, it is not unnoticed by them that they haven't rung you. And like I was thinking about this, right? Because I do think I am this person in... Which one? A lot of my relationships. The person that does the setting up and the organising. The instigation, yeah. And I think the reason I think is the way we work is that you're literally gone... Yeah. For a period of time where you're just like off the map, off the radar, and then you're back and you're like, I'm back. And then you ring everybody to remind them that you still exist <laughs> because they get <laughs> they get so used to and so comfortable with you not being around. OK, OK. Um, but but you do have to kind of like remind everyone I'm still here. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I was thinking about this is, right, 
what I've accepted okay. is that I will always be that person. And you will. In those relationships. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's just the way it is. Yeah. But I, I definitely think that, okay, Taylor, it might be difficult for you to accept that you will probably have to be always that be that person in those relationships. Mm-hmm. But it is definitely possible to change the way you feel about it. Yeah, I think that's where you need to start. Yeah. No doubt about it. And I'll tell you why. Because I'm the other person. And that sounds terrible. It's not that I don't care, but because I get so focused on other things I do. And, and I love my friends. And even my very, very close friends will tell you, if you don't whip me into being responsive. Yeah. <laughs> now, I usually try and make up for it every couple of times, every couple of times a year where I'll actually write a card to you unexpectedly. Or, you know, sometimes yeah. I can be a little inattentive because it doesn't bother me if you haven't rung me. So sometimes I don't realise it's bothering you that I haven't rung you. Yeah. Right. And so what happens is I'm so delighted to hear from you. And then I realize in that conversation <laughs> that I haven't <laughs> rung you. And yeah. then I go, oh, my God. And it doesn't mean that I haven't thought about you. Yeah. But the problem is if I don't ring you the second I think of you or if I can't ring you the second I think of you, sometimes something else will come in and push it out. And it doesn't mean that I'm not thinking about you or that I don't care about you or I don't value you as a friend. But sometimes I need you to say this needs to happen here. Yeah, yeah. And I will always go, and Garoad will tell you, I'll go out of my way to make that happen. Yeah, yeah. If it's not actually set, I won't write it in the diary and then time goes by and you don't feel it. The thing about it is, I think if you are if you are an instigator in one friendship, the chances are you are the instigator in On all your friendships, ones. yeah. And, and sometimes, like it's interesting, like I, I'm like that with some of my friends and some of my friends that have like big busy jobs mm. um, who, if, if I ring them, they would say something like, oh my God, I'm so glad you rang because I, yeah. you know, I, I, you know, and that's just the way it is. Friends are. Uh, and aren't they always glad to hear from you? Totally. And, and th- this is the thing. I absolutely love it when people ring and it doesn't matter to me how long it is since it could be years. And the second I hear from you, I think, oh, my God, this is great. Yeah. I don't sit there and go, I can't believe you didn't ring me. But <clears throat> I understand that it, you feel less prioritized, but it's not actually the intention. And and them saying to you, Taylor, them saying uh, like, oh, my God, don't they say something when you ring? Yeah, it's basically they mention it. They mention the fact. Yeah, they mention it. So you, you need to take that as them saying they're I'm glad really sorry. you rang. Yeah, I'm really sorry. And, 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 and they're sorry. And look at it as a really good thing that you do. It's like you're keeping this friendship it's alive. It's such a gift. And, it, and it's not that they don't want... Uh, no. It's not that they don't want you to call them. No. They're, like, they're genuinely delighted that you are... Yeah, unless they're person. going, Who, why are you calling me? And, and then that's a different conversation. Yeah, they're not answering <laughs> the phone. That's a whole other story, yeah. Taylor. Get mm-hmm. back onto us and give us numbers. Yeah, we'll sort them out. <laughs> I yeah. think that if you feel that you're the instigator in all of your friendships, it's a really good thing for you to then say, do you know what? I Maybe I need a new group here. New, yeah. Like a new, like join a club or... You know, I, I know that sounds like a real naff thing to say. Oh, no. But like, but you know, like find some sort people, of... people, like-minded people. Yeah, find some like-minded people and just kind of reinvent yourself in a friendship. How amazing would that be? Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't mean you value your other friends less. It no. Ju- it just, you're just changing your story. Because they're busy in London. So, I mean, the physicality is not going to be still there. And the one thing I will say, a lot of my friends have moved abroad. Yeah. And there is a thing that happens and it took me ages to accept To realise that. Mm-hmm. That... There is a thing that when people move abroad, you're sad to lose them. Yeah. And that's all you're getting out of that situation. You're sad to lose them. But they are, they're sad to lose you, but they're also starting a new life. Uh So they get... uh, Distracted. 
they get very distracted by their mm. new surroundings and mm. they're having a brilliant time but you're still having the same life yeah. without them and that's you know that can be quite hard but what I will say about that as well is the other thing that happens is you tend to uh, you tend to contact them even though we can contact anyone Anything. at any time yeah. <laughs> it becomes a bigger deal to contact them sure. like it, you feel like you don't just text them about what's going on in your day and it's not a casual you, thing yeah. you like for example one of my best friends moved to Canada he is appalling at keeping in touch okay you better be listening <laughs> but, to but, this but, but me equally so because I find that when I go to text him about something I always go oh what time is it there Oh, it's eight or ten. Just, oh, he's probably asleep. Oh, no, it's grand. You, yeah, you know, but, so, so what happens is you end up, it all goes on the long finger. Yeah. And, and it then, can happen. And then all of a sudden it's a couple yeah. of months since you've spoken. And then you feel terrible. Yeah, but... And then you try to blame the other person. Absolutely. I mean, the thing <laughs> Even though about, you can text anytime. And the other thing that happens with a situation like this, and this and this is why you've written the letter, yeah. is once you notice this, yeah. like once you see that pattern, it's like you get the, like the ick, as they call it. I know, you get and really cross you just, with them. <laughs> you just get, you're like, oh my God, I do this in every single relationship yeah. and it really bothers you. But yeah. but you have to, like it's, it's, it's what Neve said there, it's, you have to see that what you're doing is a gift. Yeah. And it's so unlikely that somebody who rarely rings you yeah, and somebody, a relationship that you've had for years and you've been the one instigating everything, mm. it's so unlikely that that's going to change. Yeah, the dynamic of a relationship like that, it's really hard to change it. And the thing about it is, if you do want to, what yeah. you could try doing is saying to somebody, do you know what? I'd love if you ring me. Yeah. And I know that we'll have to put it in the calendar, but I would just say don't expect too much. Yeah. But I think it's okay to have that conversation. I don't think that's a problem. You know. No, no. I think I think we are friends. They understand, and especially if they're friends, where they go, "Oh my god, I know." Like, yeah, and I they and they and believe me, they do. If they're mention it in the conversation, they know. Yeah. Because I do it all the time when somebody rings and I I'm so delighted initially. My initial reaction is, "Oh god, it's great to hear from you." And so, and then you realize how long it is since you've spoken to them. And then you feel terrible. You feel terrible. And then you spend your whole time trying to tell them how much you feel terrible about that without actually telling them that you realise that you've been a shit friend. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and it's not that you don't want to be friends with them, but your focus is not where they are. And that is hard to hear. But the thing is, the majority of people, their focus is where they are. And yeah. someone like me, who is very focused on what they do, which makes me good at what I do, the problem is, it doesn't make me the best of friends sometimes, but I am very clear with my friends that this can happen. And if you want to slap me on the back of the head, please do. You know, I, I, but I, your job now is to either decide whether you can live with that or not. Yeah, and definitely mm. don't be, don't have a friendship in your life that every time you go to contact them or think about them, you're annoyed. Yeah, no, no. Because that's that'll lead to... A, the friendship drifting apart you're better off if you're annoyed even if you feel it's irrational like that's what your friend like your friends are there yeah they they love you for who you are yeah and part of that is what you've been doing and it's your and it's also your little irrational moment every so often yeah. like you're allowed to be able to go oh look you've moved to London any chance all like, I do is like every time I ring you I just feel like I'm disturbing you the whole time just is there any chance yeah. next time you ring me yeah and you, and then if it's not bringing joy to you Move on. We did yeah, this decluttering yeah. thing. That's you know, it's the same for relationships. <laughs> you know, and it's true for it. You know, we can sp we spend a lot of energy sometimes on the on the relationships that don't give you joy. Yeah, and yeah. and sometimes too much energy on that. 
But that doesn't mean that that's what's happening here. I really feel what's happening here is these people are out in their new lives and they're getting on with it. And yeah. it may mean eventually that you'll drift to the point where you're just your friends who have shared life together but won't necessarily be together in that way very often. Which leaves the way open for you to find new people. And that's not a bad thing. And actually, you know, don't ever discount the fact that, you know, Garod and I are usually open for new friends all the time, aren't we? I'm not. No. <laughs> <laughs> Very hard selection criteria. It's uh, tough Very to get true. through. Very but, true. but 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 <laughs> <laughs> he's so needy. No, but I, I like I definitely think Taylor. I think I completely understand where you're coming yeah. from. I think when you fall into that little place, yeah, it's difficult. It's very very hard. But mm. what I would say is, it's, it's it's a gift. Yeah, it is a gift. And and so you know, all I can say to you, as Grode says, you'll find your way through this. But you are loved. You are yeah, at the very least very... by us because you're subscribing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, also, somebody like there's an awful lot to be said for. And you yeah. really have to take the value in this. Yeah. Is there's an awful lot to be said for when you ring some of them, them saying, oh, my God, I haven't talked to you in ages. Like the fact that they can acknowledge that. Yeah. it's No, I'm, I guarantee you it's because they care about you. It's not it's not about. It, yeah, they're just in a new space. They're just in a new space. And you know yourself. It's, you know, new spaces and suddenly your energy goes into that. You know? and, you're, and you're absolutely fantastic, Taylor. I'm, I did We're a deep dive you. on your Instagram there now. You have a great life. Yeah, I do my research, Nathan. <laughs> show me that app. People don't, people don't just get on this show, Nathan. <laughs> I, I want to know, Taylor. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. If you would like more from us, Headstuff Plus is there. We would love you to subscribe. Go over to headstuffpodcast.com forward slash register to join. And yeah, if you want to get in touch, agonyrants.gmail.com. Keep safe. We'll see you next week. Bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Being a parent can be really challenging. Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them on their parenting journey. Everyone deserves someone they can turn to for help with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today. You spend the first hour of your vacation at the luggage carousel thinking there's nowhere to go but up. But there is a place to go but up. Because when you open your suitcase, you find it filled with dolls. Dolls like the ones in that movie that scared you so much you wet your girlfriend's bed. Ah, Marissa, the one that got away. You return the bag to the airport with relief. It lasts until you get back to your room, where a fallen doll waits to greet you. Don't let a suitcase full of dolls ruin your vacation. Go on a real vacation. GoRVing.com.